0: Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We we'll hope you dig it. But this time of year, I, I think it's beautiful to focus on um, the beginnings for us all. Because even like in our own Christian walk, I think sometimes there's something so key to seeing our our the way we stepped into this life that unlocks the future and our purpose and our destiny. And I think it's the same in seeing the way Jesus was manifested on the earth. And so I always love to start and, and paint this picture of this, of this person who is God, who is also the word of God, you know, in our beginning, just like Genesis being the beginning of all the Bible, the Torah, the beginning of the new covenant is written in the book of John, John 1, as an overlap of Genesis. It's literally a commentary um, speaking of Genesis. In the beginning, um, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything was created by him. But John goes and articulates and says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That's how he intros this This uh, he frames this story that he's about to tell, saying that Jesus is not only God, but he was actually also with God and he is the word of God. You know, it says that all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made in him was life. and his life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. It does not overcome it. It cannot understand it. In other words it was hidden from darkness there was a man sent from god whose name was john and he came as a witness of this true light it says of jesus in verse 10 of john 1 he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him he came to his own and his own didn't receive him and so we're looking at this hindsight now of understanding this story and we're, we're looking at these nativity scenes of these little white baby Jesuses all around, you know, Texas or whatever, right? But, we, you know, we have a little better understanding than that. But it's like we see this baby that the Bible is telling us clearly that he was in the beginning. He wasn't created. He was already with God. And he was face to face in relationship with God. And he also is God. And he also is, as it says, the word of God. He is the articulation of God. He is the communication of God for us to see. And so this is something that's so very important. When we look back at this scene, we look back at this story, when we look at it through the lens of, of the new covenant and this reality, it changes the whole game from a cute movie, from a, from a seasonal thing to something so brilliant that was hidden. He came to his own. The world was actually made through him. Can you imagine that reality of being At this manger, this baby laying in this like trough, (laughs) not at the Ritz-Carlton, you know what I mean? Laying in this little basket where animals eat out of. And it's like, and you realize like in that little human that you see there with your eyes, you were created. And everything was created by him and for him and through him. It says throughout all the scriptures, Hebrews 1, Colossians 1 and 2, obviously John, you know, all these scriptures about him, Ephesians, that like, like, yo, that's the creator. He came down in such vulnerability to attack, but it was such a stealth breakout because he was coming like a tiny little seed into this world, undetected by the enemy so that he could unlock all of his creation that had fallen under a curse. (laughs) So so it's, it's brilliant. You know what I mean? And it's like, here he is, like the most helpless form of anything you can have is a a baby. You know what I mean? It's the most helpless, you know what I'm saying? Of course, there was angels and stuff watching around him, you know what I mean? You know, these teenagers that were his, air quote, parents, you know, were kind of in charge of him, right? Give me a break. (laughs) But it was so hidden, right? And the Bible goes on, like Hebrews 1, 3, he he is the brightness of of the glory of God and the express image of the person of God. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. He himself purged our sins. Jesus did. And then sat down at the right hand of the majesty that's on high, the, the glory, the one that he was with in the beginning before time and space. That's the baby in this cute little manger, you know, Colossians 1:15 it says, he's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, both visible and invisible. The eternal spiritual realms created by that baby right there, you know what I mean? This ain't a Ricky Bobby joke. This is like God is in a trough and that's the creator manifested in human form. He's the image of the invisible and the invisible was made by that thing. Can you imagine the, the package? Like they're thinking, oh, this is the, this is the king to come, the, the seed of David, the lineage. We've got to care for this package. Think about how the enemy was trying to kill all the firstborn kids, like all these terrible things. It's like no one saw it coming. Colossians 2.9, in him, in that little baby right there, that person dwells the fullness of deity embodied. King James said the full, fullness of the Godhead. It's not really in there. It's a deity. This is that word. It's like the fullness of everything that the deity of God is, is inside that little, that little fat little pouch of skin in a da- swaddled up. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's an atom bomb. That's more powerful than any bomb. You know what I mean? It's, it's a curse breaking creator King that's humbled himself and has come into this package and tell some teenagers now, Hey, take care of this package. No pressure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, shoo, you know what I mean? And so it's like, uh, but that's some superhero stealth stuff right there. Yeah. You hear me all the time talk, you know, I love that verse of First Corinthians 2, verse 8, that, no, that this, was a, this, this was a mystery hidden, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Before time existed, he ordained this reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. They did not know who he was. They didn't know what he really was. Yeah. You know? Nobody was even hip to the reality of his manifestation. I shouldn't say nobody because people were. Yeah. They thought this Messiah was going to come, he's going to break us out. You know what I'm saying? But nobody fully understood the time frame and the time scope. Um, and how soon it was and how it was going to happen. So it happened under everyone's nose. I shouldn't say that because there was a war in heaven over it. Revelation 12 is about that. We could probably read that. That's a, that's a very healthy, healthy thing to look at this time of year, right? If you want to, what would y'all do for your Christmas service? Well, that's next week. But we did a revelation, homie. That's what we did, you know. Um, but it's like, you know. Revelation 12 is the timestamp stamp of the birth of Jesus Christ, and it talks about this war, this spiritual war that was happening in the heavenly places over this birth. They didn't know where he was. They didn't know who he was. But these beings are so much more intelligent than a lot of the leading minds of the world those days. So they knew he was coming, and they knew he was close, somehow. We have all these Emmanuel, God with us, the, the virgin shall be you know, the city of Bethlehem. We have all these messianic prophecies throughout the Old Testament scattered through like a mosaic. But the rulers of this world, the demonic, the principalities and and powers, they understood that this was, this was coming in these seasons. And in Revelation 12, it literally talks about a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, this is the birth, she cried out in labor and, and gave birth and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems in his heads and his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her, and to devour her child as soon as it was born. This is talking about in the spirit realm what was going on as they were like actually lurking, looking, trying to prevent this, this lineage of David. They had no, I don't, I really don't, excuse me, Believe that they knew that it was going to be the eternal king. They thought it was going to be, a, you know, a son of David in his lineage, but I don't know that they really knew to the level that this son of God was actually the I am. Um, obviously they didn't, but because if they would have, they'd never crucified him. It says she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God in his throne, and, and the woman fled to the wilderness. You know, you, you have this beautiful prophecy, but it's something that's, um, you know, what did you learn at church today? And, and many of you have heard this stuff. is like Revelation 12 is actually a map of the stars on the night of the birth of the Lord Jesus. Has anybody seen those new maps that they can do now? Well, they could always do them, but now they can do them for you. If, if you like the night you got proposed to or the night of your birth or whatever, they can go to your location and pull up where the stars were above your location. And they can give you a big picture and like, this is, this is when our first anniversary. This is what we were. When I proposed or, you know, this is the, the night, you know, my daughter was born on, you know, April the 1st of 2014. The stars are like this over Tyler tag It's really cool. And no, anybody seen that before? Yeah, it's a couple a couple of them youngins do because they got Instagram. Yeah, okay, Steve, he's real old and he's seen it. <laughs> that's good. So even the real old elders, uh, you know, that's good. Uh, but uh, you, you can trace the star, the, the stars like a map. It's called the... The, eclip- the ecliptic line that they travel over the, over the earth, you know. Just like in your iPhone or anywhere else, you can go and set the time and you can scroll to like 1970. It'll tell you what the date was and what it was on a Tuesday on April the 8th. And, you know, it's just like that. But the stars can be rewound like that because they, they travel under a... Okay, so is that a lot? But, uh, you know, but that's basically, not basically, that is exactly what's happening in Revelation 12. It is a star map. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. And, um, you know, it's all throughout the Bible. And that speaking of Genesis, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the stars, God, when he created the stars, he created them for the, to be signs for the seasons, signs and seasons. So it's like, it was always meant to be that way. This is, don't worry, this is not an astrology. You know, this isn't Cleo's, you know, 188 1-8, number you call in, you know. So, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's scriptures like Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. That's our Bible, Psalm 19. It says, day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. It means the stars can be read like a map. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. In other words, like this is universal, the stars. Verse 4, their line, this is the ecliptic, has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. This is, in other words, this has been written for everyone to see for all time. And so anyhow, so yeah, so, so obviously John the Revelator, you know, John the youngest apostle, the one who calls himself the, the disciple who Jesus' love, is giving us this timestamp of, in Revelation 12, of the night of Jesus' birth and the wicked scheme of the enemy who was scrambling, trying to, trying to prevent this son of David from coming onto the scene and breathing out death you know as as obviously the 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 false king of the Jews was trying to do because he was controlled by that thing and um anyways when you look at that i love there's there's several theologians and and intelligent teachers that do this now you could always look it up on youtube michael heiser's my favorite one but i'm i'm biased i just like that guy um but he when he does Revelation 12, and they, they literally can pull back through their, you know, on the internet, they can pull back through the stars, you know, anybody can really do it. Um, that this scene that he's talking about, this Virgo who's clothed with the sun, um, this is where the, the constellation of Virgo has the sun inside of its basic, basically stomach, you know, where, where she is in the sky, the virgin. Um, but in that time, when she's clothed with the sun, and the twelve stars, and the and, and the dragon and all these things are in the actual picture of the star. All these, all these uh, constellations are together. It's narrowed down over a period of several hundred years to this 80 minute period. It's uh, um, within 20 days where, where she's clothed with the sun on the star maps, you know, is like there's, there's an 80 minute window where the sun's actually at her belly. um, You know, the, jupiter the king planet and regulus the king star are in conjunction at this time which is right above the head of leo the constellation and uh all this stuff in the ancient near east was the symbolism of a royal birth in the ancient world you know what i'm saying because the king star and the king planet were aligning and all this stuff and there's a lot of this stuff in jewish astrology and um you know that where they mention these zodiac stuff uh that was actually uncovered in synagogues in Palestine in the early centuries and early church writings and stuff like that. And just as it goes with the dragon that's under her feet, it's like Scorpio and Libra are these two that used to be one constellation called the dragon uh, in the ancient Near East, and and some people still believe today. And these are actually under her feet in this 80 minute window on a very specific date. And um, it's the only day in many centuries where all of these astrological signs which he's quoting through revelation 12 they all line up perfectly. And even in that it's only for about an 80 minute period of time when that happens. And so it's really brilliant, but the the date of the timestamp of when this happens is actually 3 BC, which is like almost universal all all theologians, most seminaries will teach this that they believe Jesus was obviously born on 3 BC and on that very 80 minute timestamp of that day was like it was Rosh Hashanah, so it was the the head of the new year, which is like the you know the birth of the king. You know, there's just all these really cool things. Um, you know, the wandering star that they say these air quotes wise men that's a joke of a term, isn't it? Um, found you know Jupiter was in retrograde motion during the same period when the the wise men were following that. So it's like you have all this this symbolism that's in Revelation twelve that points to a very specific time in history of when Jesus was born and what the enemy was doing on the spiritual side of it that, that John is actually recounting, which is so brilliant. So when we say that if the rulers of this world would have known they would have never crucified the Lord of glory, it's like literally nobody knew the time, the, 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 the season. Like this stealth seed of this superhero, which is God in a human costume, was coming to the earth to, dis- to destroy the works of the devil, is what it says in 1 John 3. And it was coming as the most vulnerable seed. And even though they were searching for it and, and breathing out destruction, nobody caught it. And nobody saw it. I mean, you, in, in order to, to see it, you'd have to be some sort of like stargazing wizard, you know? You know what I'm saying? A few stargazing wizards showed up about a year in when this kid was one years old. Because they've been following a star. You know what I mean? The preacher was talking about astrology at church, man. Oh, no, you know. Uh, You know, but it's like, it's not astrology. You know what I'm saying? It's called astral prophecy. And we don't counterfeit them. They counterfeit us. You dig? And um, it's all throughout our scriptures. The presentation on Revelation 12, if you get somebody that's, you know, to do it other than me in the middle of a message, it's really fun to watch. It's really fun to look at. It's really fun to look at the star map and see how accurate it is. Um... And there's other stuff about that year of Rosh Hashanah. It was like, it was, a, it was a high holy year. I mean, it was just really, there's so much to it that's so very cool. But uh, only a few wizards. Now, now that's another thing. Speaking of the manger scene, you always got the wise men, right? The wise men are there. So, we oh, there's some wise men at the manger. Well, they were about a year late. But it's, it's funny that they were following stars. These were mystics that were actually following stars. And came in, and even Herod the King of the Jews didn't fully—he wasn't even fully hip to it until they came. Hey, we—where's this one born, the King of the Jews? And he's like, Oh yeah. By the way, lead me to him, so I can come worship him. That's what he said, right? <laughs> yeah. But these, but these stargazing wizards, uh, you know, uh, astrologers, whatever you want to call them, magi, right? And that what the Bible calls them—the magi. The word we get magician from. So the magicians, isn't it funny? It's like, so like, oh, God, you could say it's like, man, God works his magic and people get offended. Oh, that's witchcraft. Don't, don't say, you know what I mean? People we get so hung up on words that are in our Bible that the, the first, not the first, but almost the first people, one of the only people in the entire world to realize that God was in a, was in a little meat suit, baby suit <laughs> drooling, you know what I mean? That the answer had come was well, some people that were way off into some, some, some star reading. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why? But I think that's a good thing. That's a good way for us to frame this message today because we're literally talking about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He is God. He's the word or he's the expression of God. It's something we've talked a lot about, but it's so true that everything about him is communication to us. He's the word of God. Now he is God as well. That's what John's saying. He is God and he was with God. He's not created, he is God. This is the way it's always been. We just didn't know. And also, he's the word, he is the expression of God. He's the fullness of God, he's the fullness of deity embodied. But you can read his life, his person, his attributes, his nature, he's everything about him. He's the express image is what's written of him. He's the express communication for us everything that's about him can be read into. You know, it's annoying when somebody's overly spiritual and they just read into everything. You know what I mean? They think everything's a sign or whatever. I know that can be kind of weird. But when it comes to Jesus himself, he, it's that way. Yeah. He's the living word. He's alive. He, he, the word, I mean, you can read everything about him. So the fact is some stargazing wizards uh, or magicians come to him and find him before everyone else because they believe what's in the Bible. And it's funny when you look at a lot of the old commentaries that you'll read, they'll say, oh, well, these guys were, they were a part of, a, of Abraham's lineage, and they were, so they were Jewish somewhere far off. And it's just like, oh, you kind of reaching with that, I think. You know what I mean? These are Chaldeans, you know? you know. But the chief of the magicians of the Chaldeans was a man named Daniel, who was a transported Jew. And so he, he imparted the mystical reality of a true prophet, which Daniel was, I mean, if you read his book, it's incredible. But he talks about Jesus. He sees the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man coming together. He sees the Godhead right there. You know what I'm saying? In Daniel 7. He sees all these things. But in his legacy, he's left a people that are actually looking for God when no one else was. Even the enemy. So his legacy in his secular world, as the chief of the magicians. That's what Daniel was promoted to, the chief of the magicians in the book of Daniel. Isn't that funny? One of God's prophets was the chief of the magicians in Babylon. (laughs) What are you? I'm the head psychic of Babylon. (laughs) But you're a Christian. I know that's what they call me, though. So what are you teaching these boys? I go, I'm teaching them. Teaching them something. Oh, good for you. Yeah, way to go. We're so afraid of the other side, of being tainted by it, we can't live in the real world and affect people, you know? But here's here's the legacy of Daniel that's that's watching these, you know, Jupiter Regulus regulate, you know, retrograde, all these things. All you ever hear about this, I'm in a bad mood today because the retrograde. Sorry I was mean to you all day. Oh, well, you know, this retrograde must be happening. You know, what I mean, we hear these dumb little things, but it's like these guys were reading something that were very real. And they followed and found the one that no one else found. Right? That's, there's something there. Now, the other guys that found them were the shepherds, but let's just be honest. They wouldn't read no stars. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is like blue collar, like, this isn't even shepherds. This is night shift shepherds. You know what I mean? They're like sleeping out there, way out there. And they were told. But how beautiful is that? And we see our nativity scene. You got shepherds on one side, and then you got them, and somehow you got a drummer boy. I don't know how he got in the story. (laughs) The best song of Christmas, if you ask me. But I don't know how he got there. Maybe he was. Maybe it's real. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe so, though. You don't know. Judge me. But anyways, so you know, he got the. You know, obviously they were a year late. But the first ones on the scene were these. Were the night shift shepherds, you know? And I love that. Like there's so much to the communication of the stars, of the heavens. I found, I think it was like 11 or 12 different scriptures, and there might be more, that talk about how God stretches out the heavens as a tent. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. You know, from Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, all, so many of them. It's almost like they're, they have this, Hebrews 11.3, this concept that, that everything that's created was framed in by the word of God for us to see and to read through because something more real created it. Like even the creation that we can see is almost like the ceiling of a, tent, of a shepherd's tent that's been stretched out over us um, for us to see and understand. It's really beautiful. But the shepherds are the, are the ones he came to first. You know, and if you read that, I, I, I just think it's hilarious and I think it's beautiful really because he shows up to the shepherds and... um. You know, if we you could do Luke two, we just pick one. Um, Joseph and Mary, obeying the census, being numbered. She brings forth her first, brings forth the son and wraps him in swaddling cloths and lays him in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. You know, now when the wise men get there, I don't know exactly where they were staying, but in this. Excuse me in this scenario. They're still in the they're still with animals (laughs) Talk about hidden It's like he wasn't he wasn't born and you know come out of like Superman off of a spaceship You know how he kind of flew to the earth and they found him, you know It's like he was born in a woman and he wasn't in some fancy place He was at a place that was known as the city of David But a place that raised sheep to to manufacture sheep to like for Passover (laughs) lambs. You know what I mean? It's like it's so so perfect but he was so hidden, living, you know, born in a place with animals in the cold. And, and it says there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Like that was their life. They're living out there with them. This is not even blue collar. This is no collar. It says, behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. So they're out there in the dark, you know those who guards against mountain lions and wolves and these things like this. But then a glowing man shows up there. A man shows up. And it says, as this angel shows up, there was the glory of the Lord shone around them. This light hits. whoom. It sounds almost to me like Saul, this enveloping of heaven into the earth realm. But really, I believe it's almost like their eyes were open and the kingdom of heaven being at hand, the reality of heaven kind of opened up to them. This eternal realm, inside of this plat, in this tent, this tent, this temporary place, and they were really scared, and the angel had to say, "Don't be afraid, guys. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be f- to all people, all the elect people, of course, right? Mm-hmm. No, it sounds like all humanity. Come on. Um, For there is born to you in this day." in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ, the Lord. And they're like, what? Imagine this. These are the first person to hear this. He didn't go to the synagogue. He didn't go to the, 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 the seminary school with the people studying the Torah. You know. These guys are even beating the wizards who are reading into it, the, the, the magicians. And you're going to find this will be a sign to you. And the sign was, He'll be the way I describe him. He'll be be swaddled up lying in a little, in a manger. (laughs) You know, in a place where animals eat. But it's the one. And um, it says, Suddenly there was with the angel multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Saying the same thing that that first angel kind of came and said. And I love that they were saying this. And, and, you know, it's like when we look at it, we see this, this quote of Isaiah 57, 19. But this, you know, we've, we've got handles and we got Christmas services and glory to God in the highest. You know what I'm talking about? We got that. But it's like, that's not this. That ain't this. This is an ecstatic, like their eyes were open and then they're all of a sudden they're in a stadium with a bunch a bunch of people losing their minds rejoicing yeah. glory to God come on. it's like it, it goes from like yeah, there's a glowing you know there's a dude you know to like hey don't be afraid I've come to tell you something the Messiah has come you're gonna find him just like I say he's gonna be wrapped up like this and that's how you'll know that it's him and they're like whoa and imagine the honor like you're coming to us of all the people that's who you're going to talk about the only ones that are awake you know, um, and not on, on top of that, he finishes, telling them all of a sudden it's like that vision or that open reality becomes even greater than it was. And it's like, whoa, you know, all, everybody's rejoicing around them. And they're like, we're out in the field on some hills by ourselves. This sounds like a, were they eating mushrooms that night or something like that? And like, you guys are really getting after it or, you know, like what's going on? It's like, no, the heaven came and was coming to proclaim something to them as witnesses, Boom. And they come and they announce it to them. And they're like, everybody's glory to God in the highest. All these people rejoicing and saying all this stuff. I, I, I have a feeling it has nothing like the song that's that sung, you know, at the choir, the white boy choir that people go to. It's like this thing was popping. It's wham! And so, so it was when the angels went away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another. So in other words, like it, they went into that... You know, however that happens. Well, that's a good sound effect for it, though. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger just as of said. So they came to the place where they said. He gave them the coordinates. gave them the, the street address or whatever it was. But when they had seen him, they made it known widely amongst the shepherds, amongst their community. They made it known widely, which was told to them concerning the child. And it says, and all who heard it marveled at the things which were spoke by the shepherds. Because it was like, hey, this wasn't just one person that had something bad in his food. We all had our minds blown and saw the exact same thing. And this guy came, and then there were thousands of them. And they were yelling, and they were fired up. But I love the fact, I love this fact, and I love this thought. Maybe it's for me, maybe it's for you. Um, But there was so much rejoicing over the incarnation. You know? Glory to God. You know what I mean? in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's like, it wasn't a question. It was like, this is happening. It's happened. This reversal. There's something even more. Jesus was crucified before the foundation. Of, there's something, the fact that God came into humanity to restore the entire thing for all men as the angel was telling them. There's something that was spreading that they knew once, the, once the, the bomb is dropped, there's no reversing it. You know what I mean? It's not like we're stressing about the story like, oh no, man, Joseph have to have to get out of town because soon Herod's going to find out and you know, this and that and this and that. And if you read the story, how many times does Joseph have an angel come to him and tell him, hey, it's time to move. Y'all need to go to Egypt for a while. Go out into that wilderness for a while. Go live by the Nile or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like, okay, you can come back to this town for a while. You know, he's, he's directing this this holy, beautiful package, but heaven is in complete and total control over it. Complete and total control. Fear's not leading them, you know? God is taking care of his package. Like, this is such a daunting task. It's like, no, no, no. Like God is always one step ahead of the enemy, if not more, and he's just leading them exactly where they are called to be at all times. And I think that's just, man, I think that's just really good. It's really interesting to see. That for some reason, the shepherd of Israel, I think that's a real sign. This, this one, like obviously Psalm 23 being, I would say, the most famous psalm of the Lord is my shepherd. Like God is the shepherd. In other words, I will not want, um, but also the reality that God is not just picking me up in life. I have responsibility just to follow him, but he takes care of everything. You know what I'm saying? And Israel, the one who the nation is named after in Genesis uh, 48, verse 14, 15, he blessed Joseph, and he said, "God, the God who before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil." May he bless the lads. This Trinitarian Godhead, this, this shepherding God, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. That's really what he's calling him. The shepherd of Israel has manifest himself to lead everybody out of bondage. And all we have to do is follow him. And everybody that came to him is learning this. You know. And so I think you know, even in the word of God, the express image of God, the reality of who God is, but like even down to his intro, who he came, who was the messengers that first got to see him? It was those shepherds. And they're the ones that spread the word out. And it's not like, well, yeah, it's because pastors are going to, or the shepherds are causing Like, No, I don't think that's that at all. I think that the Lord is the shepherd and he's revealing himself as something great, but also something incredibly humble simultaneously. Right? You know what I mean? Like let kids come to me. Don't restrict them, you know? It's like basically all of the things that he said. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me because I am lowly. I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. That Matthew 11, 29. It's like, I it's am like humble. I am kind. I am gentle. Take my yoke upon you and just follow me in all things. I'm the shepherd. I'm going to lead you here. But a shepherd is like someone who raises us as well. I'm not just gonna pick you up and just drag you along. I'm gonna lead you through life and you will follow me into the victory of the package you're called to create. If you think about it too, like that First John, that First John 3 that we quoted earlier. Jesus, this baby in a manger, in a trough, in a, in a barn, however you wanna you know, look at that. John says like, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. It's like, so you don't see some kid glowing like Superman getting out his little spaceship and, you know, picking up cars and stuff when he was a baby. You know what I mean? You see a little helpless little infant baby. But it's like, so that's the one who's going to destroy the one the earth trembles at, the works of the devil. And even that, that word destroy there in First John, it's so beautiful in First John 3.8 because it means to like loose. He's going to unloose it, untie and undo all the trappings of the enemy, everything that he's done. And then you see the shepherd walking around and that's his M.O. Not only did he come to manifest who God is as the word, is the express image, to communicate who God is, you know. Not only did he come to manifest the victory of God's love on the cross and to redeem all of mankind and all of creation. And to, but to empower mankind to step up and enact that victory, you know what I'm saying? As he is seated in heaven waiting for his enemies, he made his footstool, you know. But even walking around, he untied and undid the works of the devil. Yeah. He walked as an unlocked mind, as a human being, and he actually reversed things and undid things like he was on a rampage. But his rampage didn't leave a body, a body count. It left, it, le- it left a life count. Yeah. It was life everywhere he went. And honestly, this is, if the Son of God was manifested to destroy, to unloose the works of the devil, what are the sons and daughters of God called to do in this life and in this world? That's right. we're, we're called to undo the works of the devil. We can have that, that level of chip on our shoulder as we move through life to literally actually bind those things that are bound in heaven to loose, because that's that same word, loose, those things that are loosed in heaven and to unloose the things of, of, of the works of the devil on the earth, the way they're unloosed in heaven. That's what, this, it's the same word. And I love this reality, is that nobody in the world realized this prophecy that was fulfilled out of Isaiah seven fourteen, which called this, this one born in Bethlehem, Emmanuel, which meant God with us, God is with us, you know. But I think that even as a theme for our house over this year, something we've looked at is like this, we've come to this reality and this realization, even of looking through the the writings of Paul in Galatians and the the things that he said that happened in Acts. uh, Over the past few weeks we've been doing Peter, you know, 2 Peter 1, he's given you everything pertaining to the life of God. All these past tense things that if you see it, it is communication to you. If you see it, you can have it. If you can see it, it's your inheritance. He's given you everything. It's like this, this reality that God is actually with us in all things. And we learn this Proverbs 3 to acknowledge him in all of our ways. And he directs the path like a shepherd. And it comes to communication. Everything of his life is a sign. Everything of his origins was a sign. The humility of which he came. And this time of year, I think it's like we have a front row seat that, yeah, it's sweet, you know, the kids have the little nativity, you know, scene, scene at the house. They got two of them. Well, I think we threw one away, or maybe I threw two of them away because it caused a mess, you know. But um, it, it's cool, but it's like there's so much more to it, man. There's so much more in the unlocking of humanity. Just by him becoming human, that poison spread. And I say that, it's. I know that's backwards because it's not poison, it's anti-venom. But it's like he did something that was like a drop, a drop in the bucket of the oceans of the world that started converting the water throughout the world it just did you know and so then you have him walking around and you got pharisees and like luke 17 arguing hey so when's the kingdom gonna come you know what i'm saying and they're really just trying to catch him in his words so they can kill him and he says it doesn't come with observation the kingdom is actually within you and he's saying this to people that are trying to kill him right they haven't said the sinner's prayer but there's something to the availability of, of God inside of humanity that is there. Do I believe people will reject it? I believe uh, it seems like in the Bible that many will. I mean, the weeping, gnashing of teeth, and, the, and darkness. darkness. And, but, but at this, I don't see how. It's crazy to me. But at the same time, there's something to the availability of God just because he was incarnated. He did something that couldn't be unlocked. The, the angels were rejoicing over this reality. You catch it? You know what I'm saying? He's already here. What did John say, dude? I love John 1. Because John comes baptized, and they're like, hey, are you the Christ? Are you him? Are you the one? And he's like, he's like no, I'm not, but he's actually already here. And I'm not, I'm not available. I can't even untie his shoes. I'm not worthy to untie his sandal straps. But it's just like, hey, like you guys are 30 years late. He's been here for a while, and he's already here. And the ball is even now the axe is laid at the root of the tree. That's what John says. Like the ball's already rolling on this and it's already too late. (laughs) You know what I mean? And he's coming in stealth to unlock the whole thing, dude. And his winnowing fan's in his hand, which is a pitchfork. We think the devil has a pitchfork. It's like Jesus has a pitchfork. His winnowing fan is in hand. Like he's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit and with fire. In other words, he's going to, the fireball's coming to destroy the entire religious system. But his spirit's going to be poured out upon all flesh, and the sons and daughters of prophesy, Joel 2, Good. all flesh, you know what I'm saying? His availability is not going to be to the elite, it's going to be to the blue-collar shepherds, it's going to be to the people that are, that are using their gifts, even in a distorted way, to read the stars, because they're onto something, they just don't really know Him yet, but when they do, you know what I'm saying? They will be unlocked, and it gives us this picture of like, hey, this is for everyone, and it is for everyone, and God is with everyone, and God is knocking on every single door. And it's like, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's like, He's all over the place, and He's with us even. He's Emmanuel. He's with us. He's in the situations that you're facing right now. You know what I'm saying? He's in the things you're trying to grow through or trying to go around or even the failures that are happening. Like, He's there, and He's the answer in all these things. And His call is like, hey, just repent because it's all, cause I'm already here. That's right. Repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's his message. That was his message. It wasn't repent, stop doing dirt, dirty things. You know what I'm saying? That that works. But it was repent, change your mind because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't it, it, it's it's change your mind from thinking that it is to come. Right? He told us Pharisees, right? It's already here. It's already within you. He told to the boys, the kingdom of heaven is actually at hand. It is within you. You know, it, it, it's a different mindset. But that's the point. It's a mindset change. You've been given everything according to life and godliness. There's a change of mind. There's a coming into agreement with everything that he's done and everything that he's doing that we realize, oh, it's too late. It's too late. He done snuck down here. And he's done snuck into every one of our lives as well. Sometimes unnoticed. Like, oh my gosh, you've been here all along. You're leading me into truth all along. Just like you always did. Just like how you came in the first place. Yeah, man. He's already here. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field, which a man found and hidden for joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You know? Psalm thirteen forty four. It's like, oh my gosh, it's, our, it's here. It's here in the earth. And I didn't realize it. I want to give my whole life's possessions for it. I want to put it first above all things. This is the answer. He's already here. He's with us. So Lord, we do thank you that you came. You are Emmanuel, not were. You are God with us. And that it is you in us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Hmm. Christ in us is the hope of glory. We're not waiting on you. You're here with us. Lord, I ask that our minds would be able to really change and step into the reality of what you've finished and what you've paid for in your incarnation all the way through your life and through your sacrificial death, taking our place on the cross, you know, paying for everything to separate us from sin and from the lineage of Adam as far as the east is from the west. Lord, I ask that we would learn and and grow in the wisdom and understanding of God and stepping into the alignment of our true inheritance above all things. I thank you so much for the brilliance of how you came, so huge, such humility, such purpose, um, and hidden right under the enemy's nose that was trying to squash it out. And you came and liberated us all. And the, that the promises in you are yes and they are amen. And I thank you that we know your will. And we come into agreement that your will be done on the earth, that your kingdom come, that your reality would come in and through us and in our lives and in our families, in our church, in our city, in such a way that it transcends this reality. Help us to be the embassy of heaven that actually imparts the culture and the reality of heaven, takes hold of it in our lives as our, as our lineage, as our life, as our family, as, 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 as our culture, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on this earth. Amen.